From historical locations found on a map to the lesser known areas found maybe even in your own hometown, history leaves shadows that people in the present can still see. Let's find out their stories together on this episode of Historically Haunted. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Historically Haunted. I'm your host Ariel. How is everyone doing? I hope that you are all doing okay. I wanted to say that if you are feeling down and you need someone to talk to, you can always reach out to me on Facebook or through the Facebook group if you need someone to talk to. Our group is growing every day and I want it to be a fun and safe space for people to forget kind of what's going on out there in the world. But also, if you do need to talk about something, please go for it. As long as it's not political, please no political, no hate speech, none of that. I've already posted a statement on my group page saying if I see any of that, I will uh, take it down immediately. But I am here to listen and, you know, this is a lot. Uh, Lockdowns are going on and off all over the country right now. The case numbers are going up, sadly. So I just hope that everyone is just staying healthy and as sane as you possibly can. I know for me that uh, trying to keep a little routine works really well. So I try not to sleep in. I get up and still get my coffee as if I'm going to work every day. And uh, then I go down and I like to try to do crafts when I'm not writing episodes obviously for this podcast but in my household we have this bonus room downstairs so we completely redid it and turned it into a craft space and I gotta say it's kind of becoming one of my sanctuaries. I try to do something every day just to stimulize my brain because stimulization is really important when you're just sitting around doing a lot of nothing. I've just found my kind of therapy is just making something anything it's fun. You know, you, do, you don't even have to have a fancy craft room. You could just get one of those coloring books on Amazon and, and just color. Or you could just draw or anything. And also the other thing I found that really helps me out is walking in nature at least once a day. You know, if you skip a day, you know, it's fine. But you, try to do it as many days of the week as you can. I find it just really helps to recharge my brain and puts me on a good reset for the rest of the evening and we've been going at night because it's hot here where I live so we've been going kind of around uh 7 ish and then we go for a walk in my local state park it's very small it's the same path every time but it's okay it's fun and it's just nature man nature just does something for you so if you can go out just for a walk even around your neighborhood it will help a lot uh, really. So if you're needing something to do, at least go for a walk once a day. It should really help you out. And, you know, just keep socially distanced, keep those masks on, wash your hands, and we should all get through this. It's not going to last forever. That's what I have to keep telling myself. All right, that's enough of that COVID-19 stuff. You hear enough about that on the news. I just wanted to say before we get started to be sure to send me your listener stories to historicallyhaunted.313 at gmail.com. Next month, I will be doing my first ever listener episode because I finally have a view. I am so excited. Please go onto my website at historicallyhaunted.net to find out more about me, how to support the show, and with links to my Patreon page and lots more information. So without further ado, let's hop on over to our monstrous moment and get this episode started. Stories of encounters from strange beasts lurking deep in the forests, on snowy mountaintops, and in dark caves have been told throughout the generations, turning to legend. But what if I told you that many of these creatures are still spotted today? I call these monstrous moments, and I invite you to listen to this week's monstrous encounter. 
if you grew up in America, there is a great chance you have heard of this little guy. I'm talking about a jackalope. If you have ever been to your redneck uncle's house like I have, or some country-style restaurant with taxidermies animals all over the wall, chances are you have seen the mounted head of a jackrabbit with antelope antlers glued on its head. This, ladies and gents, is a jackalope or at least what we think this cryptid looks like. Now, he might not look like much of a monster, but his cousin from Germany is the stuff of nightmares, but more on him later. The real story of the jackalope is an interesting one. The jackalope is considered to be a cryptid that lives on high mountain peaks and of the western plains of the Old West. The creature was described as a jackrabbit, but it had antelope horns growing from its head. Most people think of this to be an elaborate hoax that was started in the 1930s by a taxidermist named Douglas Herrick and his brother Ralph. They lived in Douglas, Wyoming, and the brothers were also hunters. The story goes that one day the brothers came home from a hunting trip with a dead jackrabbit. When the brothers brought the rabbit to the taxidermist shop, they got a weird idea to glue a pair of antelope antlers on the top of his head. They loved the idea so much that they began making them and selling them to people going by in the taxidermist shop. When people asked what it was called, they said it was a jackalope. And for some reason, the trend really caught on because everyone wanted one. And now they are still a popular choice for hunters and bars all over America. And there's a good chance that someplace you've been has had a jackalope on the wall. You would think that would be it. It was just an elaborate hoax. But as we all know when studying the paranormal, the answer is never quite this simple. The cryptid community think that the jackalope is a real thing, and the brothers did not come up with the idea alone. According to American legend, cowboys used to talk about this animal, but it was never really a good thing to be talked about. Cowboys going out west to find gold used to tell these really creepy stories about jackalopes around the campfires. They would say that the jackalope is quite the trickster. Not only did this animal run as fast as the wind, but the cowboys claimed that the jackalope would mess with you at night and it could mimic human voices. According to legend, men would be singing around a campfire only to hear their own voices singing back at them from the dark wilderness around them. Then some of the old stories are really strange, like the apparent fact that the jackalope can only mate during a thunderstorm. <laughs> But it was not only cowboys moving out west who had claimed to see one. John Coulter, by then famous for being a member of the Lewis and Clark expedition, claimed to have seen one when he was on a trip to what would later become Yellowstone National Park. He said that he had a run-in with this rabbit with antlers on its head. At least the American jackalope doesn't have wings because its German cousin, the Wolpstinger, looks much more scary than a jackalope. It has the body of a rabbit with horns, fangs, and wings. And just like in America, you will find the taxidermied body of this rabbit, bird, deer hybrid on walls of pubs, hotels, and hunters' workshops all over Europe. According to German folklore, the Wolpstinger can be found in the forest of Bavaria. They are a part of a bigger group of magical creatures that also have horns on their heads and some have wings. From the research I did, I found that they are loosely connected to the legend of the trolls. And just like the jackalope, the cryptid from Germany is thought of as quite the trickster. And it's always messing with people who come too close to it. Of course, there could be a logical explanation for all of this. A doctor named Richard E. Shope was fascinated by the legend of horned rabbits dating back to the 1500s. He suspected that the horns were caused by a virus. After doing more of a bigger study, he discovered that rabbits did, in fact, 
fact, have horn-like growths due to the Shope Paloma virus. Yes, the virus was named after him. How would you like to have a virus named after you? He found that these growths do not only grow on the head, they can appear anywhere on the rabbit's body. Now, logically, this makes sense, but it does not describe how for hundreds of years, humans have told tales of strange-looking rabbits who play tricks and mimic you in the dark. Even artwork with rabbits doing some very weird things have been found on medieval artwork, like walking on two feet and cutting the heads off of humans. Seriously, if you don't know that, you should Google it. It is weird. This kind of evil rabbit folklore has shown up in movies like Monty Python's Search of the Holy Grail. And if you're picturing the scene where they all yell, run away, then yes, that's the scene I'm talking about. Whether you think the jackalope is a real cryptid or just an elaborate hoax to make a quick buck, it's still one of America's most famous monsters. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick time out and ask you a question. Did you know that one in 10 people have dyslexia? You might even have it and not know it. Dyslexia is a learning disability that affects reading, spelling, and sometimes math, but it has nothing to do with low intelligence. I know because Einstein himself had it. Oh, and I have it too. Many people go undiagnosed, but it is important that you know the signs so that you can get help right away. The faster you know your child has it, the faster you can start doing things differently so that they can start thriving in school. And if you're an adult who also might have it, remember, you are never too old to ask for help. Please go to dyslexia.org to find out more or my website, historicallyhaunted.net, and click on the information about dyslexia tab. Okay, back to the show. The town of Sleepy Hollow, New York is known all over the world because of Washington Irvine's short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, a story that today is one of the most popular Halloween stories of all time. In the story, a naive, greedy teacher named Ichabod Crane moves to Sleepy Hollow and decides that a wealthy woman named Katrina would be the perfect match to give him the luxurious life that he so desperately wanted. In the end, the ghost of the Headless Horseman chases him down, and Ichabod Crane is never to be seen again. The real town of Sleepy Hollow, located in New York, inspired Irvine to write his short story, but it was not just the beauty of the town that inspired him to write such a tale. It was the townspeople of Sleepy Hollow at the time who were full of superstition, ghost stories, and local legend that spoke of a man on a black horse without a head who was roaming the roads at night forever searching for his head. The earliest settlers in the area were the Native Americans. 
from the tribes the Mohican and the Muncie. They had settlements stretching throughout the river valleys. They found plenty of resources provided by the rivers. Of course, there was fish and then easy transportation for trade. It is believed that the tribes have been here for 13,000 years. The first European settlers to the area were the Dutch. Henry Hudson was hired by the Dutch East India Trading Company in 1609 to find a northwestern route to Asia by traveling north of Russia. He set sail from Hudson on April 6, 1609, aboard the ship named the Half Moon. Ice prevented him from being able to go north of Russia, so he decided to continue west to search for the Northwest Passage. For those of you who don't know, the Northwest Passage was believed to connect the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. It was supposed to be a quicker way to get from one end to the other. But as we know now, there is no such passage. But it did not stop explorers from searching high and low for it for a long time. After reaching Nova Scotia, he traveled down the coast to North America. He explored New York Harbor and the river that is now named in his honor. He traveled up the Hudson River for about 150 miles near present-day Albany. On the return trip to the Netherlands, Hudson docked his ship at Port Dartmouth, only to have the British seize his ship and his crew. Hudson was ordered to stop exploring for other countries. Regardless of what the British said, he sent his log papers to Holland. After this, the Dutch East India Trading Company wanted to have fur trading posts in the New World, so they founded the colony of the New Netherlands in 1609. The Dutch settlements were small and were a mixture of Dutch, German, and French nationalities. The Dutch developed a pretty strong fur trading business as well, but the English were not colonized along the New England coast. As New England grew, England and the Netherlands began having conflicts. In 1664, the largest Dutch settlement was the New Amsterdam settlement. Its governor, and I am going to say this wrong and I apologize in advance, Peter Stuyvesant, <laughs> Peter Stuyvesant surrendered to the English and the English renamed the area New York. Soon after, Dutchman Frederick Phillips gained favor with early New York governors and was allowed to purchase large areas of land along the east side of the Hudson River. It included all of present-day Sleepy Hollow where Phillips built a manor, a mill, and a church named the Old Dutch Church. To encourage settlers to come to the area, he made offers to tenement farmers, but settlement was still slow. The land he owned was known as Phillipsburg. Frederick died in 1702, and he and his second wife, Catherine, are buried in a crypt at the Old Dutch Church. After his death, his son Adolf inherited the northern half of Phillipsburg, which included the manor house, mills, church, and surrounding land. There were still very few tenement farmers in the area, but Sleepy Hollow became the center of activity due to one, the church for services, baptisms, and weddings, and two, the mill at harvest time. Sleepy Hollow and another nearby village called Terrytown were important to the settlers for two to three generations by the mid-1700s. There were a mix of Dutch American, French, Swiss, and German. During the American Revolution, more settlers sided with Congress rather than the King of England. The Phillips family, however, supported the King. After the war ended with a British defeat, the Phillips family had to flee to England for their lives, and many local farmers were able to buy their farms for themselves. The Old Dutch Church ways remained until the end of the 1700s. The author of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Washington Irvine, was born in New York City on April 3, 1783. He was the youngest of 11 children and was named after George Washington. He even got to attend George Washington's inauguration in 1789. How cool is that? In the late 1790s, Washington Irvine visited a friend and relative named James K. Paulding in Tarrytown. 
He went there to escape the yellow fever epidemic that was raging through New York City at the time. They spent a lot of time together hunting and fishing and exploring the land, including a lot of places around Sleepy Hollow. Irvine, who also spent time talking with the local residents, had heard many old tales from them. Irving published The Legend of Sleepy Hollow in 1820, and it was a success from the get-go. No one knows for sure where the inspiration of the story came from. Stories of headless horsemen can be traced back to the Middle Ages. Both the Dutch and Irish have legends of a grim reaper-like rider who carries its head. Others believe that he was inspired by a real Hessian soldier who was decapitated by a cannonball in 1776, around Halloween time. Whatever the inspiration, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is one of the most famous ghost stories of all time. Today, the village of Sleepy Hollow is a big tourist destination. Located 25 miles north of Manhattan on the Hudson River with a population of just over 10,000, it's advertised as a wonderful small town getaway. It should be no surprise that the most popular time to visit is during October leading up to Halloween. The town embraces all things spooky. They love to tell the story of the legends and lore found in the area. During the month of October, you can take a variety of tours like sleep. Sleepy Hollow Cemetery Lantern Tour, and the cemetery also hosts literary events that features works from Washington Irvine himself and also Edgar Allan Poe. They also have a fun-sounding event that I know I want to go to, and it's called Champagne Cocktails with the Dead. They haven't forgot about the kiddos because they have a cute little story time that tells spooky but kid-friendly stories. They host a haunted trail that is called Horseman's Hollow, and the premise is that you go back in time to the 18th century Sleepy Hollow, where the townspeople are driven mad by the headless horsemen. They have what they call Irvine's Legend, where a storyteller tells you the legend of Sleepy Hollow, and they also have a haunted hayride, and that's just the nighttime activities. The daytime is full of the beauty of fall with fantastic historical true locations to explore, and they also have great places to eat from what I found on Yelp because, as you know, I'm totally going to go here one day and I just had to poke around. Sleepy Hollow in Terrytown is so beautiful and historical. But these days, most of the visitors come with the hope of seeing a real ghost, especially the Headless Horseman. Did you know that rating and reviewing your favorite podcast shows on iTunes is one of the best ways to help others find the show? Also, sharing the podcast with your friends and family will help spread the word that Historically Haunted is out there and waiting to be listened to. Please go to my website, historicallyhaunted.net, for more ways to support the show, like links to my Patreon page and more. While the Headless Horseman is the most famous legend in the area, there are other great legends to be told. The town of Terrytown is so close by that I included some ghost stories from there as well. And when I say it's close by, I mean close. I looked it up on Google Maps and it was literally only a three-minute drive and a seven-minute walk from Sleepy Hollow to Terrytown. And I also have a question. When do you think it's too early to decorate for Halloween? Because after looking at all the pictures of Sleepy Hollow, almost all of their photos are during Halloween and now I want to decorate my whole house. So anyway, let's set the mood for a good ghost story. Imagine that you are walking in Sleepy Hollow on a beautiful fall evening. The sound of leaves crunching beneath your feet, you are excited to learn more about this haunted little town. And as you walk about the town, you get the feeling that the veil may be very thin and something magical could happen at any moment. In the back of your mind, you wonder if that magical thing that could happen is good or bad.
In America during the 17th and 18th centuries, the colonial period was full of superstition and the fear of witchcraft. Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown were no exception. There was one place in the woods near Terrytown that had many people afraid to venture past. People were so afraid of this place that they named it Spook Rock. Spook Rock, also known as Raven Rock, is one of the many rock formations found within what is today's Rockefeller State Park. The rock is found on Spook Rock Trail. This state park has really strange names of its trails. Others include Witch Springs Trail and Gory Brook Trail. So I'm beginning to think that something weird might actually have happened around this area at some point in time. I will post some photos of Spook Rock on my Instagram and Facebook pages so that you guys can get a good idea of what this looks like. But to describe it to you, I'd say it looks like a large but not huge flat top slab of what I think is granite. And it is not tall at all. You could easily climb on top of it and sit on it if you wanted to. I hope that made sense. If not, please go look at the picture because it's not very big and it doesn't really stand out as anything special. So it's kind of just a plain rock in the middle of the woods. And uh, that's what makes me think, why would this particular boring old rock have any legend attached to it? Unless, of course, something truly did happen at this rock. Spook Rock has not just one, not two, but five separate ghost stories attached to it. And people still claim they see ghosts there to this day. Two of these local legends even made it into Washington Irvine's Sleepy Hollow story. One of the stories he used was the ghost of the woman in white, and the other one he used was a witch who still haunts Spook Rock. The woman in white tale goes like this. One evening, a woman was out in the woods when a snowstorm came out of nowhere. She tried to seek shelter near the rock, but froze to death. Now her ghost is seen dressed in a white gown, and she glides back and forth around the rock. It is said that she tries to warn people of an impending storm by crying out to you with her screams that sound like the howl of a snowstorm. There's also another story of a local Native American woman who has a tragic backstory. It is said that the woman was trying to escape the rage of her jealous lover by running into the woods. When she ran past Spook Rock, he caught up to her and he stabbed her there on the rock itself. Today, she is seen looking sadly at tourists on the trail before she disappears into thin air. I am beginning to think that Spook Rock might hold some truth behind why it has so many legends, because there is yet another tragic story to tell. It appears during the Revolutionary War, a girl wanted to escape the sexual harassment she was experiencing from a Tory raider. For those of you who don't know and needed to Google that like I did, a Tory is what the American colonists called a British supporter or sympathizer. Sadly, this woman could not take any more of the abuse and she jumped off a cliff near Spook Rock. She now haunts Spook Rock and she does not like men being around. The fourth legend surrounding Spook Rock is the story of the Celestial Maiden, or Stargirl. Stargirl was a Native American woman who was described as being very in tune with the spirit world. One day, she met a man that was hunting at Spook Rock, and they fell in love. She had a baby, and all was well for a few years, until the woman disappeared suddenly without a trace. After she disappeared, the boy's father could not get the little boy to eat, and the child starved to death. Absolutely devastated, the boy's father buried his son in a grave by the Pantico River and sat down by the river and cried all night long. The man then disappeared himself. Three years later, 
Stargirl returned and searched for her husband and son in vain. It is said that to this day, if you stand on the riverbanks at night, you can hear her ghost wandering around in the woods, crying out for them both. The fifth and final story that I'm aware of anyway of Spook Rock is that of the Hilga the Witch. Hilga was a woman that was a local healer in Sleepy Hollow in 1770. The minister of the old Dutch church did not like that she was healing the sick and pronounced her a witch. He told everyone in the town to stop speaking to her. Even though the minister wanted the people to stop going to her for healing, Hilga was still called upon to help the sick. She would leave baskets of healing herbs on the sick person's doorstep. People were grateful for her help and would leave little gifts and sometimes coins on her doorstep of her cabin that was right next to Spook Rock. Even though she was mostly shunned from town, she survived by trading goods with the Native Americans. Once the Revolutionary War broke out, she was killed fighting the British. You heard that right, Holga was packing heat and trying to help the colonists win the war. According to legend, she was a good shot and had killed many British soldiers before getting shot herself. Sadly, she did not survive her wounds and was killed in the battle. She was then buried in an unmarked grave at the old Dutch church's graveyard. The townspeople who went to her cabin found her will inside, leaving all her money to the widows of the patriots who died during the war. Now, many people report of seeing Holga herself wandering around Spook Rock. Other than reports of seeing the woman in white, the celestial maiden forever crying out for her love and her lost child, the two other women who tragically lost their lives because of a man, or Hulga wandering the grounds, people have also reported seeing strange lights dancing in the woods, strange sounds and voices as if you are not alone. For instance, the crunching of leaves when there is no one around. Some say that they feel very uneasy around the rock or get a chill on an extremely hot day. You all know how I love castles, and would you believe that I found one in little old Terrytown? Lyndhurst Mansion was built in 1838. This beautiful mansion was built in Terrytown overlooking the Hudson. It was designed by Alexander Jackson Davis. The estate was the country home for William Paulding, a former New York City mayor. The two men chose the Gothic Revival style. The design of the mansion was new at the time in town, and many people did not like it. Paulding owned the mansion until his death on February 11, 1854. He was buried in Sleepy Hollow at the Old Dutch Church Cemetery. Today, the mansion has a large collection of art, antiques, and furniture. Most of the furnishings are original to the house. More than 50 pieces were designed by the architect. The grounds are amazing, and they are a great example of landscape design for the 19th century, with winding gardens and rolling lawns. Currently, the grounds are open for people to explore. They hold private tours, events, and weddings. You can take a virtual tour at their website at lynhurst.org. You will have the opportunity to tour the mansion, see the estate from an aerial point of view, tour even the bowling alley, which they have, by the way, and see the mansion during Halloween and Christmas time. And guys, it is beautiful. I promise it looks just like a castle with big stained glass windows. It's gorgeous. I encourage you to go take a look at the pictures of this place. Even though the castle does not have a tragic past, that does not mean that there are not a few ghosts hanging around. 
The ghosts found at the castle are not really mean. In fact, the little ghost girl in the back of the property is said to bring you good fortune when you see her. Located in the back of the property on a hill that overlooks the river, it is said that a little ghost girl can be seen playing in the woods. She likes to laugh and peek at you from behind trees and bushes. It is said that if you see her, she will bring you good luck for the rest of your life. Some people believe that she is the daughter of one of the previous owners who sadly drowned in the river. Now she likes to play with guests that come up to the hill to explore. There is a statue of a woman in the back of the house that is said to cry during October. She is thought to be the protector of the property. You can hear her weeping and see real tears fall down her face at night. If you harm the statue in any way, the ghost of a former owner will follow you home and haunt you and bring you bad luck. So you better be nice to this statue and just leave it alone if I were you. It does seem as if the whole town is haunted because I found in an article in the Hudson Independent titled, Are There Ghosts and Witches in Terrytown slash Sleepy Hollow? Written by Maria Ann Roglieri. In the article, Maria writes about people who randomly just walk into the the historical society wanting to know more about their home or property and the reason is always because they have seen something strange or they just get strange feelings within their home. Some residents have experienced so much paranormal activity that they have called in professional ghost hunters teams to get some real answers as to what is going on. Sleepy Hollow High School also reportedly has ghostly activity. Something about schools and hauntings always seem to go hand in hand. At Sleepy Hollow High School, students are convinced that there is a ghost that controls the light at the top of the tower. It often changes color and turns on and off all by itself. Another strange space is the administration building. This area is said to be haunted by two spirits. One is a friendly ghost by the name of Margaret Howard. Many school staff have reported seeing her walking up and down the hallways on the second floor. Another ghost is said to haunt the location and has a sad story. According to local legend, when the building was used as a dress factory, a woman threw herself from the second story building, and now she haunts the attic and has a very sad aura about her. Patriots Park is a one minute drive from Sleepy Hollow and has quite the history. During the Revolutionary War, Major John On Andre was captured by American militiamen. They found papers on him that described Benedict Arnold's plan to surrender the American fort at West Point. He was found to be a spy who was conspiring with Benedict Arnold. If you don't know who Benedict Arnold is, he is considered to be one of America's most famous traitors. He fought for the Continental Army and eventually became a general. George Washington trusted him so much that he put Arnold in command at the fort at West Point. At the time of the Revolution, West Point was named Fort Arnold, and it was built to help colonists control the Hudson River. After the Revolution, West Point became the United States' most prestigious Army Academy. Basically, anyone who was anyone from the Army graduated from the school. West Point is still going strong today. The year 2020 was a historic one. The graduation had a record number of 34 African-American women graduate just a few weeks back. Progress is finally being made after 218 years. Congratulations, ladies. Anyway, back to the traitor Benedict Arnold. Arnold had a plan in place to give up the fort and surrender it to the British, but he was stopped due to the papers that were found on John Andre after he was captured by the militia. Arnold was forced to flee to the British lines for safety. Andre, however, was not so lucky. After being caught by the militiamen, he was found guilty of treason and sentenced to death by hanging. Andre requested being killed by firing squad but was denied. Andre was hung in Patriot's Park, and today it is said that his angry spirit wanders the park at night. If you ever go for a walk on the riverbank at night, keep an eye out for Captain Kidd. It is said that his ghost ship has been seen on the river looming out of the fog. 
Captain Kidd was a ruthless pirate who was rumored to bury his treasure up and down the Hudson. He was hung in Terrytown on May 23, 1701 for murder after he was caught by the British. Before you go off treasure hunting, though, keep in mind that he left behind a dead crew member as a message to stay away from his gold. And the way Captain Kidd did this was quite messed up. See, the whole crew would help Kidd bury the treasure. Then they would all draw straws, and the person who drew the short end of the stick would be killed and left as a warning for others not to even try to steal the gold from Captain Kidd. Today, these ghosts are said to still haunt the river forever bound to the treasure and stop anyone who dares try to take it. Perrytown and Sleepy Hollow residents even have the story of a ghost train, but this one is probably not what you were expecting. It is said that in April, you can hear the whistle and the clatter of a ghost train that is passing through. This train is not just any old train, however. It is supposedly the 14-car black funeral train that carried Abraham Lincoln's body on his funeral procession, just as it did in 1865. Now it's time to walk on down to one of the most popular tourist locations, the Old Dutch Church and Graveyard in Sleepy Hollow. This graveyard holds tours day and night, especially during Halloween time. I found that a few tour groups encourages you to bring your ghost hunting equipment along for the ride. Taking a tour here is one of the most popular things to do, and there are some very creepy local legends found in this graveyard. The cemetery is found next to the Old Dutch Church, and it dates back to 1658. The graveyard has Dutch settlers, Native Americans, African American slaves, servants, and and British soldiers. A lot of famous people are also buried here, like Andrew Carnegie, Walter Chrysler, Elizabeth Arden, William Rockefeller, and Washington Irving himself. Irving even took a few names from the tombstones and used them as inspiration for his Sleepy Hollow story. The most famous name he used was Katrina Van Tessel, but the graveyard does have a few local legends that have been passed down throughout the generations. They normally send teenagers into the graveyard to prove how brave they are. Starting with the Bronze Lady. The Bronze Lady is a statue of a woman. She is twice the size of a real person, and the statue sits right across from General Samuel M. Thomas's large crypt. Thomas's widow had the statue made after he passed away. It is said that the statue cries real tears at night, a lot like the statue found at the Lendhurst Mansion. Unlike the statue found at Lendhurst, however, the Bronze Lady statue is said to stand up and walk around the graveyard on its own. Now, that would be a sight to see. The local legend in the Old Dutch Church Cemetery says that if you sit in her lap, she will watch over you for the rest of your life. If you sit in her lap, slap her in the face, and spit in her eye, she will haunt you forever. My advice to anyone is don't slap a statue in a graveyard, period. It's just unkind. But it is that sort of thing that teenagers do and only the brave kids will try. There is another legend that says if you go to the crypt of General Samuel M. Thomas and knock three times on the door and then look into the lock hole, you will have a bad dream at night. And that probably happens because let's face it, the power of suggestion always works on kids. And now for the most famous legend of all, the Headless Horseman. Washington Irvine did not come up with this legend on his own. While Irvine lived in the area of Sleepy Hollow, he was told several local legends by the townspeople. A few of them made it into the Sleepy Hollow story, but the most famous one is the Headless Horseman. And this legend is supposedly true, but as always in the paranormal, it dates back thousands of years. 
In Irvine's story, the headless horseman carries a large pumpkin under his arm and is forever looking for his head. The headless horseman chases Ichabod Crane throughout the woods over a bridge before he hurls his flaming pumpkin head at Ichabod, making him fall off his horse, and Ichabod is never to be seen again. The real headless horseman has two backstories, and in the end, the headless horseman of Sleepy Hollow might have just been a fairy. Or the more technical term would be the fae. This fae has a truly menacing name and it is called the Dullahan. I will totally be doing an episode on the Fae someday, but according to Celtic and Nordic legends, there are hundreds of different types of the Fae, but this one is important because the Dullahan is described as a headless rider who carries their own head in their arms. The Dullahan is normally male, but there have been known to be female ones spotted throughout history. The Dullahan is a Celtic legend that is truly terrifying. The severed head has a grin from ear to ear and it looks deranged. Its eyes are constantly moving about and the head is said to look like the color of moldy cheese and it uses the spine of human corpses as whips. In certain versions of the legend of the Dullahan, it is seen riding a large black horse. Other times it is seen with a black horse pulling a wagon full of funeral objects like candles inside of skulls to light the way. The Irish believe that if you heard the wagon or horse coming through the town at night, it was acting as a harbor of death. If it stopped in front of a home, it would call out the person's name and the Dullahan would then take the person's soul and the person inside the home would instantly drop dead. The Celts believe that your only defense against the Dullahan is to have a pure gold object and this in turn would make the Dullahan disappear back to the underworld. This Celtic fae story made its way to the Americas and mixed with the Dutch colonists who then started their own version of the tale. During the Revolutionary War, there was a battle in the area of Sleepy Hollow. The British and the American armies clashed at Merritt Hill on the morning after Halloween in 1776. The American army was led by General William Heath. Heath had written in his journal that a Hessian artilleryman was decapitated by an American cannon. A Hessian was what they called a group of 30,000 German troops hired by the British to help fight against the Americans. Ever since the battle, the locals have spoken of a ghost of a Hessian soldier riding his horse through the woods and town. Some versions of the legend even have him carrying his own head under his arm, just like a Dullahan. Other versions of the tale say that the ghost soldier is forever searching for his head, and some think that the real headless horseman is a real Dullahan that had come over to the colonies from fairyland, and he rides throughout the area bringing death with him wherever he goes. you all enjoyed our adventure in Sleepy Hollow. I find the connection between the Headless Horseman being a fairy is really fascinating. I will definitely be doing a fairy episode in the future. I want to give a big thank you to my amazing Patreons and all my listeners. I will be doing my very first listener episode story next month, so stay tuned for that. And it's not too late to send me your true personal paranormal stories. Email them to me at historicallyhaunted.313 at gmail.com. And please go add me on Facebook and Instagram and also join our Facebook group. I'm meeting so many new wonderful people through this group and I want it to be a place where we can all just relax and post things that brighten our day or also we can geek out about over haunted locations together. It has been my pleasure to be able to bring you these stories, especially during this time that we're in with this whole global pandemic. I hope that you all are staying healthy and happy as you can and 
uh, it's just so nice that I can bring you this. Um, I don't know. I feel like I can help by bringing people out of it, even if it's just for about 40 minutes or so. So again, thank you guys all so much. I hope you have a fantastic two weeks. Keep washing those hands and I will see you guys soon. Bye.